Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts, a weekly overview of economic developments in international markets. Hello and welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts. Today is the 28th of April and we are here with Inge Haydorn and Jenny Hardy for our weekly market roundup. Today, the team will give a cloud update after Microsoft, Google and Amazon's results, followed by a semiconductor cycle update and Activision deal fallout. Over to them. Thank you very much, Maria. It's Inge Haydorn, Air Fund Manager at GP Bullhound. Hi everyone, it's Jenny Hardy, Portfolio Manager at GP Bullhound. Let's start with a market update then. It's been quite volatile around earnings, but in general, I would say most of the earnings has been on the positive side, especially on, on the Q1. But then the outlook for the rest of the year has been a little bit more in the gray zone. So, for example, if you think about the recovery, a lot of people are pasting in for the second half. People are more worried about that. And companies are also starting to state now that uh, the recovery in the second half could be a little bit less than what they expected earlier. And I think that's a similar picture we've seen in tech. And we will get into that in a few minutes about the same cycle and uh, and, the, and where we are in that cycle. But let's start with the hyperscalers and the big guys reporting this week. What do we think about them, Jenny? Yeah, so so I think for us, so this week we saw all of uh, Microsoft, Google, Amazon and Meta uh, reporting all uh, very relevant um, in the respect that, that they are all um, benefiting or spending on AI and all very relevant for us in that they're all spending a huge amount of capex in order to build out sort of AI capability and services. That's really important um, for us in the portfolio because we own um, lots of the uh, chip companies um, who should ultimately see this spend, right? Absolutely. And the interesting thing coming out is that we are in the cycle where everybody is now stating that their hyperscales are scaling back a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about the growth in cloud and that we have some inventory correction going on. But at the same time, all of these guys are stating they're going to spend more from Q1 and onwards, they need to spend more. And I think the thing that's dimming the picture a little bit and makes it more complicated is that we have the memory transition from DDR4 to 5. We have the transition on on, on uh, the uh, the GPUs and the CPUs, meaning Safi Rapids and Genoa and so on. So it, it makes things a little bit more complicated to look at. But at the same time, it's definitely breeding a positive sentiment to the second half, which we find very, very positive. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, all of them sort of indicated that they would be uh, spending more around um, around the infrastructure. And, you know, for all of them, it is sort of incumbent on them to invest, right? So, um, so we have Meta, who we know and we've spoken about before is spending a lot. It needs to spend a lot in order to mitigate some of the impacts coming from the Apple privacy regulation. So it absolutely needs to spend on AI in order to um, sort of protect its core business. Um, we have Microsoft, who 
Um, it is probably the only company at scale who is um, genuinely sort of selling AI capabilities off the shelf. And, and the Microsoft's core software business, AI represents um, a huge opportunity in terms of upselling AI capabilities to its customers. Um, and then for all of Microsoft, Google, and, and Amazon's cloud businesses, really the AI capabilities there um, are all kind of enabling them to, uh, well, to, to fight to gain share from, from incremental customers who um, will choose to use one of their cloud services uh, largely on the basis of some of the AI capabilities that they can access. So um, they're all in a bit of a, a kind of capex fight um, to build out their own AI capabilities in the cloud. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's an interesting environment, but I think for us, uh, kind of benefiting on the capex side, um, it's all very good news. And and we should say that all of them have huge cash balances and huge abilities to invest. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think we should continue to expect um, very high capex spend on servers, on network infrastructure, and for that to be a tailwind um, for the semiconductor space as a whole. Yeah, and if we look at the negative side of it, it's the fact that you still have the optimization going on. Um, you had Microsoft coming down in growth, you have Google coming down in growth, and, and especially Amazon, but still growing a lot more in terms of revenue due to the fact that they are so much bigger. But going forward into Q2, it's a little bit of a mixed shift. You have Microsoft growing faster in absolute terms, even in money, percentage points, absolutely. So if this is a sustainable shift or not, we don't know, but I think it's definitely worth mentioning here and, and, and having a thinker about the, the momentum Microsoft has in their business. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, you are seeing uh, perhaps genuinely Microsoft gaining incremental customers as a result of it being um, the sort of flagship open AI partner. So if you're a startup now and you want to access AI capabilities, um, you know, I think, Two years ago, it was really AWS that was gaining all your sort of incremental um, startups in the cloud. Now, uh, you know, it feels like it's very likely that you're a startup and you want you want to access AI. Um, OpenAI is the flagship kind of API to use. And therefore, yeah, maybe you go with Microsoft. Maybe that makes more sense. Yeah. So leaving that aside, we're moving over to the semiconductor cycle and, and, and the mixed picture. If we go one month back, I would say the market was pasting in a recovery of the second half. The stocks were doing quite well. And since then, we have had quite a lot of mixed signals coming out uh, on the Taiwanese names and pricing and so on. But our read-through really is that we are getting close to the bottom in in the number of the commercial uh, and consumer-oriented products like the PC, which we heard from Intel yesterday also, and we saw the Microsoft numbers, but we're still having some inventories in, in service and so on. But in general, we would still state 
that we're going to see a recur in the second half, even in memory. But the question mark comes to how 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 large will that recovery be, and how strong will it be? And and, and I think that's where the market is now trying to wrap their heads around and, and, and in terms of magnitude of, of of growth for the second half. And on top of that, as we saw yesterday with STM falling quite aggressively, eight percent. What is the pricing variant going to be in, in, in the second half? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we've probably got enough data points now. And obviously, we've had lots of the um, PC ODMs reporting from Taiwan. We've had Intel, Microsoft. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that we're pretty close to the end of the inventory correction on the PC side. Um, clearly, the end demand is is still uh, a slightly unknown, um, right? So, so I think, as you said, I think the kind of shape of the recovery, um, yeah, is 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 more dependent on that end demand. And so, while we might be through a lot of the the kind of excess inventory issues, um, that's still a bit of an unknown. And then, yeah, as you said, I think there's a debate in the market the extent to which um, you're seeing price reductions for particular components. And um, that was certainly the focus of, of the STMicro call. And, um, you know, but to me, I feel like if you look at the numbers, there is no evidence yet of um, sort of material price cuts across the board. I mean, you look at UNC, um, where... I think it's fair to say it would be one of the first to potentially see um, aggressive pricing action. And and you're really seeing no evidence of that in, in its outlook. Um, and and maybe that's a, a good sort of segue to talk about um, auto semis and, and what the read across uh, might be there. Yeah, I think that's where we're a little bit surprised about uh why the auto semis has been having a really, really tough time in the last two weeks. It started with TSMC saying that they thought that the auto semi growth will come down in the second half. But from our side, if we talk with the volumes, it looks really healthy. STM is sold out, Infineon is sold out, they're reporting next week. So the automotive volumes continue to be very, very healthy. And then the question is, why would it then cut prices of capacities running almost at 100% and and demand being very, very strong? So we don't really believe that's really happening on the automotive side. And uh, we are more confident than, than I would say the general investor then in that sense regarding Infineon. And we still think that there's upside for numbers this year, given the strength in automotive. And listening to Renault this morning, Mercedes reporting this morning, there's healthy demand and in, in, in autos, then maybe we can see a general slippage of, of sales in, in cars in general due to the fact that the economy is weak, but we still see a very strong shift towards electrical cars, and thereby we think the demand is going to continue to be healthy in, in, on the power side for, for semis. So we are not as worried as, as the general market, and we think there's pricing pressure going on in some commodity components, especially against consumers. And, 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 and as usual, if you're exposed to Apple, you're in a tough environment. You get a lot of volumes, but you also get 
a very, very tough negotiation around price in, in into the new models every year. And I think that's that's hitting STM slightly. But the guidance still from STM is quite healthy given the problems they have with that, but and and the ramp up of a Gauta factory on three hundred nanometers, they still guide we think quite healthy. We so we were a little bit surprised about the strong effect on the share price yesterday. So the last topic of the day, Activision and the deal and uh, not out as uh, being allowed by the CMA in the UK. I think if I start from my side, I'm surprised about the rhetorics around it that it would be the cloud game part that uh stopping the deal, the fact that Microsoft would be too big on cloud gaming, which is an extremely small part of the market, and I think very unmature. So I think I, I don't really understand the no from, from the CMA, and I think most of the market don't understand it. And, and uh, what do you think, Yannick, being English? <laughs> yeah, exactly, as the, as the Brits. Honestly, as the Brits, um, yeah, I'm very disappointed in the CMA's response in that I think it showed just a complete misunderstanding of the gaming market as a whole of cloud streaming and, and the benefit that that would give um, to consumers. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, th 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 there are other reasons to, to, to maybe believe that Microsoft is a very big business, um, maybe shouldn't be out acquiring a business the scale of Activision, but, um, the actual response and the points that the UK CNA gave were completely missing the mark. Um, and you know, the reality is that, uh, the cloud gaming market is a market is an extremely nascent market and um, it yeah it's it's tiny and it is directly competitive with the existing console market so to treat it as two completely separate markets makes absolutely no sense um the reality is that uh the cloud streaming um sort of offering from a consumer perspective is very attractive um, versus, you know, sort of paying $70, $80 now for an individual, um, uh, a, a, an individual, um, sort of software game. And yeah, I think really in doing this, what, um, the UK, what the, uh, authorities are doing are effectively reinforcing Sony's existing dominance in this market, right? I mean, yeah, I think it makes honestly no sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, and I think it's a very unmature market with Netflix moving in and so on and so on. So I, I think it's, it, I think it's a quite weird decision. And yes, the, the finalized and Activision numbers looks fantastic for Q1, thirty-five percent growth uh, on top line in the falling market, bookings up twenty-five percent. So Activision in itself on the standalone basis is doing really well. Mobile bookings, double-digit growth, uh, where I think most people have 5 to 10% down in, in Q1. And then the pre-order on Diablo seems very, very strong. So the momentum around the Activision standalone business is, is still very strong. So in conclusion, uh, Microsoft and Google is uh, definitely doing better, it seems like, than Amazon for the moment in percentage, while Microsoft's 
is, is doing better in absolutely terms going into Q2. Also, then we don't know if Amazon can turn that around in the quarter, but 11% growth in, 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 in uh, April is, is quite weak. And in, in terms of CME cycle, yes, we think we're very, very close to the bottom. Uh, we think a lot of valuations looks quite attractive. Uh, uh, then how strong the recovery in the second half will be, it's very hard to say. But also going from the hyperscale is going into CMEs. There's definitely a race going on to get the best ships and new and better ships out, which is definitely helping the capital equipment guys, which we like. And that's going to continue to drive the notes. We don't know what, what to add in, in Activision but and uh, the Microsoft deal, but I think Microsoft will try to change the outcome of that decision. If they succeed or not, we don't really know. But it's going to be a tough ride to get that deed through from here. Thank you very much for today. Thank you.